Welcome to Leveling the Playing Field, a podcast featuring women who work in sport. My name is Bobby Sue Doyle Hazard, the host, and Happy New Year! By the time you hear this, it will be 2018. Um, <clears throat> there are three times of year that I absolutely love. The beginning of the year, Boston Marathon time, and school starting time. Each feels like a new start. The Boston Marathon provides me with a kick in the pants. The start of the school year always makes me feel fresh and new. And the beginning of the year is when I do all of my great planning and goal setting. So here are a few of my goals for LTPF in 2018. One, I want to consistently, (laughs) as I laugh, release new episodes of LTPF on a weekly basis. Um, You all have been so patient with me uh, while I get this thing up and running, and I really appreciate it. December was a a sad lost month for me, and you can hear my voice a little bit right now. And in the interview, it's still not 100% back, but um, I really appreciate it. Two, I want to keep up with the blog (laughs) again as I laugh. And three, I want to add a new weekly content type, maybe a blog post. I'm not sure yet. Personally, I would like this year to be when I finally stick to some sort of workout program. Um, And I will also finally travel outside of the country. Nope, I've never been outside of the country. It is a sad, sad life (laughs) without that. So I'm going to try and change that this year. Uh, Please send me a message with what some of your goals are for 2018 and how can I help you reach those? I would love to hear. Quick housekeeping point. Uh, This June, the Winning Edge Leadership Academy, co-founded by Maria Taylor of ESPN's College Game Day, is hosting a retreat in South Florida. The application for the retreat is open to all current and former student athletes who have a desire to work in the sports business. Those applications are due on February 1st. And as a little... um, Added bonus, I will be there, um, at least for one of the dinners. You can go to winningedgeleadership.org to find out details about that retreat and the application process. Um, I hope that you do that, and maybe I will get to meet some of you this June. And now on to the interview, I have Dr. Kelly Duggan, who is the owner of Physical Therapy U, a physical therapy clinic in Bridgewater, Massachusetts. Um, she decided to strike it out on her own in 2016 after practicing for about seven years um, and as uh, she was pregnant with her third child. So it's a really great conversation. Um, it provides a unique um perspective of the sports world and a new path that we haven't um, looked at on the podcast for a potential um, job in sports. So I hope you all enjoy it. I am very fortunate to have Dr. Kelly Duggan as as our guest. She is the owner of Physical Therapy U located in Bridgewater, Massachusetts. She's a graduate of Bridgewater State College, which actually might now be Bridgewater State University because all sorts of things changed up there after I left, and um, Massachusetts General Hospital's Institute of Health Professions, where she earned her doctorate in physical therapy. Previously, she was a physical therapist at a few other companies, and then she took a big leap in 2016 to open her own business. 
Kelly is a mother of three, and she also has her own podcast, the Health and Fitness Connector Podcast, where she interviews guests who are in the health, fitness, and wellness industries. Hi, Kelly. Hi, Bobby Sue. Thank you so much for bringing me on today. No problem. I'm so excited to have you. We have somebody in common, and um, that is why you're on. And I think it's also a good place to start because it's kind of how you um, solidified the fact that you wanted to be a physical therapist, right? Yeah, 100%. Um you know, I don't, should I give my little background now? Is that okay? Yeah. We'll go into the story about Ryan and, and, and how that, you know, um, kind of made your path very clear. Sure. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. It definitely, um, you know, my cousin Ryan, um, certainly confirmed what I, um, wanted to be in life. So at a really young age, like, you know, third grade, um, when you're in, you know, third grade back when I was in third grade, every month is like a different project, right? So you have a month on planets and then you have a month on dinosaurs. And like we had a month on the human body and they brought in a skeleton and I was like, this is so cool. (laughs) And I was totally into it. And it like made sense. And like, I was like in love. And then, um, you know, as I got older, always interested in something related to the human body and the physical side of things. And, um, when I was in eighth grade, um, our mutual connection, Ryan was in a really bad car accident. And he was an older cousin of mine. So like, you know, all of my older cousins, I was always like, oh, yeah, they're so cool. And, um, (laughs) you know, how it is when you're in eighth grade. So um, he um, was in this really bad accident and he had a lot of physical therapy. And I remember him always kind of being like, you know feeling like his physical therapist was cool and his physical therapist was cool. He taught him how to walk again. Isn't that so cool? And I was like, Oh my God, yeah, that is cool. And that's something that lines up with like what I want to do. Like I want to be that cool person, like when I'm older. (laughs) So that kind of like clamped down on like, I started looking into physical therapy and got more serious with it. And then another cousin of mine actually, um, allowed me to, she was an occupational therapist. So, and she was managing at the time. So when I was in high school, she allowed me to observe at her, um, clinic, I guess it was, it was at a skilled nursing facility, but in the gym there with the other PTs and, um, that kind of just really drove it home for me. And I like to like equate it to, I don't know if you've seen the movie Step Brothers, but um, <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's a scene, right, where John C. Riley is talking to Will Ferrell and they're like, did we just become best friends? Yup. And that, that was me and physical therapy when I was in that gym. <laughs> so I was like, these people are working and they're like, <clears throat> playing games and they're having fun and they're doing physical activities and everybody in here is like smiling and laughing and having fun. I'm like, this is absolutely what I need to do. Um, so that was kind of like how I got into physical therapy in itself. But yeah, I mean, it started out young and then it was all these just confirmative experiences with, um, friends and family. So yeah. Did you play sports growing up? I did. I always, um, we always were playing some sort of sport. So we grew up, um, in Taunton, which is a huge, like softball city. So I played softball growing up my whole life. I was never good at it, but absolutely played pretty much year round. I swam year round. I did tennis. I did field hockey. I was a three sport athlete in high school, which sounds like, Oh wow. She's an athlete. Like I played, 
I wasn't a player. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like I enjoyed it. I had fun. And like my husband will always make fun of me because I'm like, you know, I'm not super competitive, but I like to play. And I'm like, oh, did you have fun? He's like, well, we didn't win. I'm like, yeah, but it was fun. Right. He's like, oh, my God. Like, you know, I just <laughs> I, I don't have that. Like, I don't get upset if I lose as long as, you know we were playing and we had fun. So that was kind of like my sports and still, um, you know, a little active, but it definitely dropped off. Um, once I got into grad school and had to like refocus my life on just studying and education and all of that. But yeah, I mean, from, from the start, always playing something. That's great. I think, I think having that attitude, um, towards sport can be really important, particularly when, your kids start getting active, right? Because then yeah. you're not going to be that crazy mom who's, you know, pushing them to do things they maybe shouldn't be doing just to live out your dream. Absolutely. And like, as a physical therapist, we do, I see a lot of student athletes and um, <clears throat> I think, you know, that also has really solidified things for me. Like, oh yeah, like you got to take it easy. Like you can't play. I played year round, but I played different sports year round and we always had time off and, um, that's like so important. And I think people are starting to realize that more, but the, the club sports where you can play literally soccer 365 days, if you want to, is just kind of destroying our youth bodies and stuff. So, I mean, I won't, I won't get into that whole conversation, but um, yeah, actually, I mean, just if, I, I mean, go into it a little bit because <clears throat> that was something I was going to ask you about is what are your thoughts on, you know, children and specialization when it comes to sports and the fact that, you know, you can play all year round one sport and yeah. um, what that does to them. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I can talk about it a little bit more for sure. Er, early sport specialization is kind of destroying um, our youth and student athletes bodies at an early age. So instead of being able to last um, throughout your career, you're really wearing and tearing on your body a little too young. Right. So boys typically are going to be developing um, and be more like at the stronger point when they're in their early 20s. So when you're eight years old and you're playing playing a sport year round and it's the exact same sport, you're causing these overuse injuries at a really young age and really um, decreasing your chance of being able to play at the competitive level, whether you're a man or a woman, um, when you are older and things really do get competitive. And if you want to play for, um, you know, your college or you want to play beyond college um, into professional sports a little bit, the early sports specialization is actually decreasing your chance of doing that, not necessarily increasing your chance. I think it's great to have club sports. I think it's great to play sports year round, but you need to um, change it up. You know, maybe you do swimming in the summer and you do baseball spring and fall um or uh, you know any combination of anything but you can't or you can but you really shouldn't play the exact same sport year-round um at a young age you know if you want to get a little more serious into things i think um high school is the time to do it um that's when if you want to get into the club sports and be more serious it's not it's not elementary school and it shouldn't be um and there are groups out there that it is um so it's just from a physical therapy standpoint um you know i just i I hope that you know anybody that's listening would want to all right well maybe we'll change things up a little bit and yeah you can play sports year-round but we've got to change it up a little and and every now and then take a couple weeks off right take three weeks off that's fine 
that's fine. Give your bodies a break. It's really tough. And from, again, from the PT standpoint. So what I see people get injured is when they're playing these, you know, multiple sport teams, you know, maybe they play for two teams and it's, you know, the fall. And so it's really intense and it's basketball or something. Um, and they have like a big girl spurt. Mm -hmm. Those are the times where you start you really need to pay attention and um, listen to your body because growth spurts are typically when um, our adolescent athletes are getting hurt because your bones grow a lot quicker than your muscles and tendons can keep up with. Um, so you can start to get those sort of like avulsion um, where the bone actually pulls away at the growth plate. So you hear it in like Severs disease and Osgood Schlatter's disease and things like that. Um, that's when, you know, usually there's like a little growth spurt and uh, people start to get injured because they don't slow down their activities just because they grew to in two inches, you know, right. Who would do, who would ever do that? But it's, it's an important time to start listening to your body anyways. I mean, these are things that I never really had to think about since <clears throat> I only uh, got to five, five and a half. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I don't really, don't really remember the growth spurts too much, but I do remember running all year round, uh, particularly in high school. And this is uh, a fight I would get into with somebody um, that I was involved with who is an athletic trainer who said runners are the worst because all they do is run and they don't do anything else. He's like, you need to do strength training. You need to do this. This is why your hips always hurt. This is why your knee always hurts. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. It's, I mean, it's, it's important. I think, you know, what's great is um, one of the great things about social media is it is bringing more attention to the importance of strength training, um, even with these kind of endurance sports, triathletes, um, whether it's running, swimming, biking, um, any of those, like the importance of strength training and like, you can't just run year round cause you do it's overuse. You're, you're, you're really kind of just shredding your body. Um, if that's all you do, I mean, it's fun and obviously runners get into it and that's fine too. But if you really want to take care of your body in the long haul and I mean, strength training in general for a runner, um, it balances things, right? It, it does. And you actually, you'll improve on your times and stuff because you right. need that power. Right. I mean, for from what I understand, and please correct me, but there are certain muscles that get utilized more when running um, and then others that just don't. And you tend to see the injury in the muscle that doesn't get that use as much and right or something like that. And yeah. um, <clears throat> and you need to have that counterbalance in order to to maintain um, good strength and, you know health, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And, and any little thing, especially when you're, um, when you're a runner and you're piling up all these miles, um, if you change one thing, that's enough to throw something off in your body, whether it's, you know, bottom of the chain to the top of the chain through your spine, hips, knees, ankles, whatever. Um, and it's so important for people to realize that because like, I didn't change anything in my running program. Like, oh, well, did you, you know, I know you didn't change your mileage, but, you know, it's cold. Are you running more on the treadmill now? Oh, yeah, a little bit. Oh, OK, that's it. We found it. Now let's figure out, you know, what else is contributing <laughs> to it. But it's these. Yeah. yeah. Um, One little thing for a runner can change a lot. Oh, sure. Sure. Um, when, you know, I when I mentioned that, you know, the running thing with me, I mentioned um, <clears throat> having been involved with an athletic trainer and I've always wondered um, what is the difference between a physical therapist and an athletic trainer? Ooh, 
lots of differences. Um, so athletic trainers typically work with, um, well, they always work with athletes. Um, they don't work with the general patient population. Um, so whether it's a high school or a collegiate team, um, they're going to specifically work with athletes and, um, in that sense, so they can do injury assessments and they can actually do rehab as well. Um, you know, strengthening and stretching and, you know, all of that sort of stuff, but mainly they're working with injured athletes. A physical therapist is working with not only athletes, but the entire general population. Um, we do full, um, physical and movement system assessments. So, um, you know, maybe you have an injury, but maybe you just have had a few falls and you don't know why, or, you know, maybe, um, you know, you had an amputation or something, same thing. So any, any sort of thing that can affect your physical activities, a physical therapist is going to assess what contributed to that. And then how can we help you with that? So whether it's working with your joints or your muscles, um, soft tissue work, working on your balance. Um, and it's, it's, um, one of the things I do want to bring a light to as well as, you know, physical therapists not only work with it, with the body in that sense, but we also, there are so many different specializations of physical therapy. Mm -hmm. So we have um, incontinence care and women's health and men's um, bladder health that we can help with. Um, we also do a lot with vestibular therapy, which is the inner ear um, and causing like vertigo and balance hmm. disturbances. And, um, you know, so physical therapy is, is so broad and you can get, you can work and you can be a generalist and kind of treat a little bit of everything. And then there are people that work and they're specialists and all they do is sport or women's health or, um, you know, vestibular vertigo issues. Um, so it's, it's kind of a really cool field. And then also for physical therapy, um, you know, it's a, at this point in time, you have to go to graduate school for it. You have to get your doctor of physical therapy degree. Um, you know, both of athletic training and physical therapy, you do have to pass a board exam and be licensed. Um, and then for physical therapy, we usually work through our license and through insurances. So physical therapists, again, that we work, um, in outpatient, which is what I keep referencing because that's kind of my, uh, wheelhouse, but we also work in nursing homes. We work in people's homes. So we go and do home care and then, um, obviously in hospitals. So somebody's got to get you in and out of bed, bed and teach you how to like walk after you had a stroke and a physical therapist is going to do that. So we can teach people that, you know, don't even know how to roll, how to start rolling and then start transferring and then start walking. Spinal cord injuries, amputees, MS, Parkinson's, all of that. A physical therapist is going to help you get your life back. It, there are so many things that you all do. And I can only imagine that you sometimes work with really um, uh, tragic or traumatic um, circumstances. Uh, is there a, a story that you can tell speaking to working with somebody who has maybe gone through one of those? Yeah, um, I've had a lot. Um, I think, you know, even if it's a minor injury, it can be very traumatic for someone depending um you know, it, it's happening to them. So I think even anything, a minor surgery ends up being a traumatic event for a lot of people. Um, in 
my type. So I've been a physical therapist for the past nine years. I worked on a stroke and Parkinson's unit. So that's always very um, traumatic when someone has a stroke and they're 50 years old and they're just living their life. And all of a sudden, oh, I can't walk anymore. Um, I think one of the more uh, one, a couple of the stories that really um, can be upsetting to see, um, of course, would be anytime you have someone with Lou Gehrig's disease or ALS, Mm -hmm. something that, um, you know, they need physical therapy because they need to learn how to deal with, um, the weakness that they're having and the muscle spasms and the cramps that they're having, but knowing in your head that this person isn't going to get better. Um, and they are in the process of dying, can be really hard, not obviously for the patient and the patient's entire circle and family, but also on the therapist. Um, and you can't really show that when you go in to work with somebody, right? You have to just, right. you know, you know, well, how's it going? You know, and, and so th- that's always really hard. Um, I've had a few patients that, um, you know, I won't get into too many detail, but I've had a few people that have had um, traumatic births. So mm-hmm. as a mom and, and birthing their child and, um, there's this thing that can happen that's super rare that can happen um, that, you know, you could have a stroke after you have a baby. Right. right? Um, and then I've, I've had a few people that that has happened to them. And then I've had a few people that because they had an epidural and because they pushed for over three hours and their legs were in that kind of like upright pushing position that you see. Yeah. Um, they've had bilateral, meaning both sides, um, a femoral nerve like palsy. Basically it's, it's Mm. almost like a spinal cord injury, but it's, it's not, it's peripheral, um, on those nerves. So they, once the epidural wore off, um, all of a sudden they're like, Nope, I I still can't move my legs. Um, and then everyone trying to figure out, well, why can't you move your legs? And it's occasionally, like I said, it's very rare, but you can have this femoral nerve palsy where, um, you have this nerve injury and then you can't walk. So you have a baby and all of a sudden your epidural wears off and you still can't move and you still can't walk. Um, that's not like, um, a complete spinal cord injury where you may not get to walk again. Those sort of injuries just take time for the nerves to heal. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've had a few moms, um, that I've been able to take them through that process and help them to strengthen those muscles, um, and to eventually go from wheelchair to walker to cane to back to their previous activities, um, which for actually both of the women that I'm thinking of now were runners. So I got to take them through that whole transition. And for most, most of the time you don't work with someone for an extensive period, but for people that have injuries like that, usually seeing them for four months, six months, eight months, so that you can get them to that previous level that they were at. And, um, those are the stories that are always like, you know, you, it's like a feel good, like every day they, you know, they come in, you're like, all right, what can you do now? How much stronger is that? Like, let's try this. Let's try stairs without holding on. Let's try, you know, jumping. Let's pretend there's like a big water puddle and you want to jump in front of it. Cause you know, you get your three-year-old with you and they're doing it. Let's try it. Let's see what happens. Um, I think those are some of the more like, um, stories that stick with you, um, more than just like, you know, a rotator cuff tear and repair. Sure. <laughs> what do you, um, in instances where, um, you have hard patients, um, an ALS patient, I, uh, I had a, a, a friend's family member passed a couple years ago from ALS and it was, I've, you know, it, it was, I wasn't there every week or every 
you know, month even, but I was there a few times a year for holiday events because they would adopt me basically. And, um, and it was, it was so hard even just then. So I can't even imagine how hard it was for the family, but you know, for somebody who's working with ALS patients, how do you, um, take care of yourself, um, in those, in those moments or when you do have those patients? Yeah. So I think my situation is a little bit different. Um, I had an aunt who passed away from ALS. And so for me, um, I have treated two ALS patients and the second one I had at that point, I think I was only a few years out, um, licensed. I said to my supervisor, I, I can't, I can't do this again. It's really hard. Um, I think people don't understand that, you know, if you are, if you've been through it, you know, um, it's super hard. I don't, I don't even know how to say you just, you just, you deal with it at the time and you push everything back and down. It's the same thing as, you know, these doctors and nurses that are in the ER that are dealing with someone that just got like, you know, their leg cut off or something is like, you, you're not in that space with them. You know, you can't emotionally connect, um, you can sort of, you know, you can connect with them and then, but you have to keep it so separate because I just, I said to her, I, I said, I've, I've done it twice now. I can't do it again. I'm, I'm, I can't because I'm just going to break down. And that's the last thing that that patient needs to see. Um, you know, it's, it's really hard and I, you just kind of push yourself and get yourself through it. Um, and I think though that's definitely the hardest when somebody's you know, going to pass away. And and you know that I think everybody else in terms of physical therapy, and that's one of the great things about my field is we're helping people and we're getting people better. And so 99.9% of the time, um, you have a reason to be happy. And I know people always say physical therapist, physical torturist and pain and torture. (laughs) And that's not it. That's, that's such a small little tiny, every now and then someone's uncomfortable, but, um, it's, it's physical therapy is such a positive experience and you're trying to help somebody get better or be able to pick up their grandkids and and things like that. So it's not, like I said, 99.9% of the time it's, an amazing field to be in because it's so positive. Um, and all you're trying to do is help people. And I think that's such a great thing to do. Um, I, I, it's so funny because you know, I have students and people that come in to shadow and observe all the time, high school students and college students. And I want everybody to be a PT. I think it is the coolest (laughs) career. I think it's so positive. We're going to need more PTs. And so I'm always like almost selling the profession to people and they're like, okay, rein it in. And it was funny because, um, you know, I get really excited about talking about muscles and bones and, and, you know, joint structure and things like that. And one day I had this patient and, um, awesome woman, super intelligent. And she started talking to me about, um, freezer levels like and how a refrigerator refrigerator stays so cold and she was getting like real excited about like temperatures (laughs) and all that stuff that was way beyond my head and a light bulb went off in my head I'm like oh my god this is what I sound like when I'm explaining you know the rotator cuff to someone like (laughs) oh no but you know it hasn't stopped me because I still you know it gets it's, it's silly stuff but it does it gets me excited to talk about so I have um I have an outside counsel <clears throat> that we work with to help with sweepstakes and contests and and she's it, it, she's so like nerdy about, she nerds out on it and it's mm-hmm. 
it can be sometimes you list your, you know, she, cause she'll go on and into details and you're like, I, I don't know. I just got lost like five minutes <laughs> yeah. ago, but she's so excited about it that like, you just kind of let her go because, <laughs> you know, it just, I, I uh, it's very yeah. rare to find attorneys who love what they do as much as she does. <laughs> so so it's, it's really, um, and it's great because you know that she knows everything, right? So you're yeah. like, I trust you. Um, yeah, I think that's great. I mean, it's so important too, to be able to share what it is that you do and, um, mentoring, you know, you, you were a new mother of three and decided to take this giant leap to start Mm. your own business. You were, you know, you were comfortable in a job, <laughs> yeah. you know, did you have someone helping you in a mentoring sense or, and if not, what, what made you feel comfortable that you could, that you could do it? Um, so kind of like all of those things. Yes. So it was, it was, you know, the idea was there to do it. And I said, well, I'm going to blame like partially my hormones. Cause I was pregnant when I was kind of like, Oh, that might be a good idea. <laughs> like, so then I started looking into it and I thought, well, you know, I'm going to be a mom of three. Um, so the people that I want to talk to are moms with three kids, because I want to know exactly from the source, like number one, is this doable? Um, when you have a family this size, number two, like, am I going to be able to live with myself or am I going to be crying myself to sleep every night because I'm not around my kids? Um, so I reached out to, um, a few other women in my field that are doing exactly what I wanted to do. They were successful practice owners and parents of, you know, two to three kids. So, you know, and I, I reached out to them through email. I'd say I probably sent emails to like seven people and maybe three or four got back to me. Um, and maybe were these people you knew previously? No, no, just other people I had, you know, known through either social media or there's like a network that I belong to, um, new England physical therapy network. I, um, reached out to the director there, um, Tracy. And I said, you know, this is what my situation is going to be. Do you know anyone that's in that situation? So she hooked me up with a couple people as well. Um, and I think, you know, I heard the good, the bad, the ugly, and, um, I, took from that what I wanted to, right? Because not everybody had positive <laughs> things to say. Right. So I just kind of, you know, blacked out like the negative things. And I was like, okay, yeah, like this is totally doable. Um, and so with that, you know, definitely had the support of um, my husband and my entire family were kind of like, yeah, go for it. <laughs> and um, I'm like a worst case scenario sort of thinker. So I thought, well, this is what I want to do. And this is where I want it to go. But worst case scenario, if I open my own clinic and things don't go well, what's going to happen in a year, in a year, five years, whatever. Um, and I thought, well, I'm going to learn so much by doing this Mm -hmm. that either way, this is going to elevate my career. So why wouldn't I take the chance and why wouldn't I take the leap? Um, if I want to go further as a physical therapist in my career, I have to do this. And then it became like a, you know, I got to do it. This is what I got (laughs) to do to get to the next level. So, um, just kind of went ahead and, and like you said, took the leap. 
How did you come up for the um, name of your clinic? So, uh, yeah. So again, like definitely I I like to geek out and I am a nerd. (laughs) So I always, um, as a physical therapist, probably explained more than people wanted to hear. But even if they took a small nugget um, uh, from what I said, you know, I think it helps so much when you understand what's going on with your body and why I'm asking you to do certain exercises. So that was always I'm like, okay, I know whenever I treated patients, I would pull out a book or pull out a joint model. And they're like, wow, I've been to six doctors. No one's ever explained it to me like that. I'm like, oh, well, and they're like, oh, that makes sense. Okay. I can do this now. And, um, so that was kind of where I was like, it has to be something to do with education. So I came up with my motto first, which is learn, rehab, recover. Um, and then I was like, okay. And then I came up with the emblem, which I'm like obsessed with, which is like a little, <laughs> it's like everywhere. It's a, um, it's a shield, right? Like a collegiate yeah. sort of shield. And it's a, a book, a sneaker and like a weight. And then I was like, all right, so it's got to be something based off that. So that's why we came up with physical therapy you, but it was kind of like a backwards, um, story to where the name came from. But Um, yeah, I knew what I wanted the place to be about first. So then we pulled the name from there. So get into that a little bit more. What is your clinic like? What, what is the difference between yours and the really annoying one I went to when I was living in Quincy, Massachusetts that I went to twice and then never went to again because I didn't want to. Yeah, no, I think it's it's funny because every clinic is 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 similar but it's different, right? So I think since we opened our doors, we've been getting a lot of like there's no clinics like this. There are no clinics like this. Is we spend a lot of time with our patients. We explain and we take the time to educate and explain our patients. It's, you know, you're here for an hour plus. Um a huge chunk of that is one-on-one. Um It's, you know, I think we just, we've created almost like a family sort of atmosphere here. Um, All of our therapists are um, working to make everyone better, not just their patients. It's like if they're seeing something that I'm doing that maybe they have an idea for, they're coming over and they're saying, hey, you know, nice to meet you. My name's Julie. Um, And then they'll say, Kelly, have you thought of doing this? Um, And then in that way, we're really maximizing people's recovery because it's not just one set of hands looking at you and deciding, um, you know, from my personal experience, I think this is the exact rehab that you need to have. And we're not going to stray from that. Um, we're all just trying to make sure everybody has the best possible experience. And then, um, we're in the next couple months, actually, um, growing in size, we (laughs) outgrew the space that we're in. And so with that, um, uh, going into a space, like I said, three times the size, and we're going to be offering all these additional services that I wanted to offer here, but we grew so quickly here that we ran out of space to do. So now we're going to, you know, we're coming up with strategic ways to really, um, improve on someone's recovery while they're in PT, after they're in PT, once they've been discharged, offering, you know, massage services and additional like strength and conditioning, um, in sports specific training, which there's nothing like that around here. Um, so I'm super, super excited. And there's nothing like that around here that also like you could go into Boston and find some places, but it's all cash based Mm -hmm. and we're insurance based. So, I mean, it's just, 
I'm really, really excited to be able to off number one, like work at a place like this, never mind run it, but um, also just provide the service for the community because I think it's going to be, I mean, there's nothing like it. It's super exciting and it's going to kind of just, it's going to provide so much to our community. So I'm really excited. So that's where we're going in the next couple months and um, kind of what sets my practice apart um, from some of the other kind of typical um, PT clinics that you might see. I think nationwide, there are so many clinics that run, um, you know, they're maybe hospital based or um, these big chains that, you know, you're seeing a different patient every 15 minutes. And that's just ridiculous. Um, You know, you're not going to get people better that way. Or if you do, it's going to take a lot longer um, than what we're able to provide here. So. Yeah, I mean, I love that you have the collaborative approach um, <clears throat> because I think in uh, in most specialized fields, medicine, um, law, like having multiple brains focusing on the same problem, you can uh-huh. come up with the best solutions. Um, so that's fantastic. Another really interesting thing about your um, practice is um, it is mostly women that you employ. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't meant to be that way, but it's just, and it's funny cause I have one, um, aide who he started as an intern and he's pretty funny. And he's like, how come you don't have any other guys? I'm like, listen, <laughs> I've interviewed other guys. It's just every woman I've interviewed has been so much more superior. He's like, what? I'm like, yeah, it's true. I'm like, it's not like I'm not trying to hire some guys, but you know, just the the women have been better, so I'm hiring them. Um, but yeah, we it, it's um we have a really good crew here. I'm super excited. Um, I it's you know I'm definitely a little bit of a feminist, but that the fact that we have all women was definitely not meant to be on purpose. <laughs> Wasn't on purpose. Yeah, yeah. it yeah. was just it was really cool to see when looking at your website. Um, and you are looking to hire right now. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, I feel like I'm always looking to hire, but yeah, we're looking <laughs> to hire. I'm like, yeah, now we could use this. I'm looking to hire a massage therapist full time. And then I'm looking to hire um, just some more like um, office staff to help because we're, we're getting busy. And like I said, there's major things happening in the next couple months here. Um, so we just want to be able to, you know, be fully staffed for that and ready to roll. And if people were interested uh, and happened to be living in that area, where would they go to to get more information? Oh, yeah. Um, Well, we have a website, which is PTU Clinic, um, because it's kind of a mouthful to say physical therapy you all the time. So we just call (laughs) it PTU. Um, So it's PTUclinic.com. And then... um, we're also, the clinic is on every like social media platform that we could think of. So Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, LinkedIn, all of that. So we're like everywhere. So you can pretty much search us on anything and you will find us for sure. Um, when you first started thinking about the business and becoming a business owner, mm-hmm. what were some of the challenges that you had? There's been a lot of challenges. Um, I think, you know, what we already discussed, like just 
being a mom and, you know, am I going to be okay with not being home as often as I previously was, or a lot of my friends are, and, and am I going to be okay with that? And can I live with that? And that's, that's been a struggle, um, from the start. And there are, you know, it's funny cause, um, there's this hashtag out there like mama Cape mafia. Um, and, and the, the joke is like, you know, sometimes you shut your Cape in the car door and sometimes your Cape is flying high and you're good to go. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's definitely been a struggle for me from the start. And then, um, I think something that was an interesting struggle and I didn't realize was going to be an issue is definitely being on social media and, (laughs) um, kind of the things that can happen, the inappropriateness that can happen on social media because people are behind a keyboard and they're not standing in front of you saying or sending inappropriate, um, pictures or snaps to a professional, um, social media page. You know, it's not like it's my personal page and it's a photo of me and it's, it's a picture of like the PTU logo. And like, why would you think it would be appropriate to send these very sexually inappropriate, um, jokes or pictures or whatever. And so that from the start was, I was like, Whoa, like not expecting that at all. And, um, I think that was definitely a shock for me. I think the other thing, um, that's kind of been surprising going off the social media thing is just that um, there are so many other, well, I'll, I'll start by saying this. So physical therapy is, I would say it was started by women. It was a, a it's a profession that was started by women. Um, we make up the majority of the workforce. We're about 70% of the workforce. We actually make, um, 88% of what men make, however. So um, over 10,000 on average, less than our male counterparts who make up less of the profession. Um, our, um, American, our American Physical Therapy Association president is a woman and the private practice section, which I belong to, um, the president is also a woman. Um, but when you look on social media, and you Google, you know, sports physical therapist or whatever you're going to search, um, 99.9% of the time it's going to pull up, um, a man and a picture of a man and he's probably in khakis and a polo, right? Um, middle, middle-aged right. guy, I don't know. That's like the image that, um, I think most people have of successful kind of sports orthopedic physical therapist is this sort of guy. And that's so not true. Um, but unfortunately, in social media, that's who gets um, the most attention and the most tags and the most shares and the most, you know, um, social media attention and press. Um, so that to me was also kind of surprising because when I was treating as a physical therapist, I wasn't really following a ton of other PTs in um in general, I wasn't really like searching people out on social media. I wasn't looking up clinics. I wasn't looking up. And then when I start was interested in owning, I was like, well, I better find all the other owners out there. <laughs> um, and it's just crazy that the um, amplification that um, a lot of these men are getting with, you know, and it's not to say that they're not doing their thing and they're unbelievable at what they do. Of course they are. They're great. But there are women out there too that are doing the exact same thing that just don't get that same press and coverage and kind of amplification um, 
So that to me was like uh, one, another little thing that um, was kind of lighting a fire under my butt. Like what? Like, <laughs> I got to do that. I got to do this. I'm going to have every social media page and I'm going to be out there and I'm going to be doing videos and I'm going to do this and that because, you know, I don't want, you know, a young girl who maybe is in high school that's like, oh, I want to be a sports physical therapist. And so she Googles it and she can't find anybody because there's like, you know, one person out there that's doing it. I know um, Stefania Bell, she's at ESPN. She's like a sports commentator and she um, is a football injury analyst, but like literally, I mean, that's the only one that's coming to mind right now. If I just, right. you know, it, and so I don't want that to be what people are seeing. Um, you know, if, if there's high school students or college athlete, um, students out there that, um, want to do that, we're all out there. There are tons of women, like I said, we make up 70% of the workforce. Um, we're just trying to get ourselves out there so that you can find us now. That's pretty incredible that there's such a large number of y'all and, um, such little recognition, although it's, it's incredible and then not shocking at the same time, because I think women tend to focus on the work so much more, you know, tend to just focus on like bearing down and getting stuff done. Right. And we're not the best at promoting ourselves. Mm -hmm. So, um, I can see that being an issue. And then also, you know, you've got that, um, you still sometimes have that barrier when it comes to sports with women being, in um, uh, higher level positions, even when it comes to physical therapy or athletic training. Um, it's in pretty much every position. So um, I can I can see that. But what what I find yeah. so astonishing is the social media comments and. Mm. And just why? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny. We had a. Um, So two things that I definitely want to say to that is, um, you know, when you say we're not the best at self-promoting ourselves, we're not. Um, But there are we're now aware of that. Right. We're like, oh, man, that's definitely an issue. And why is that an issue? And so these two women um, physical therapists, Karen Litzy, Erica Malo, um, they started this Women in Physical Therapy Summit where each year we're kind of meeting um, as a group of like-minded individuals, men and women, and just trying to work through these issues and figure out why is that happening? Um, so, you know, it, that's one of the great things is like, we're, we're not the best at promoting ourselves, but we're aware of that now and we're fixing it and we're trying to amplify each other and we're all trying to elevate each other and bring each other up in the press. And I, and I say in the press and social media, because we're already up here, we're already doing it. Right. Um, there's tons of successful physical therapy, um, women, we, we, Nobody knows about them, though, you know, because um, yeah. we're not on social media. And then the other thing I want to say to kind of the social media inappropriateness is that um, our male counterparts, and I'm sure this is true in all fields, aren't aware that it's happening. So, you know, I'm a part of a large Facebook group for um physical therapy owners. And I, you know, it was probably the, you know, 99th inappropriate thing that was sent to me. And I'm <laughs> like, you know what? I'm going to see what other people are doing about this. So I screenshotted like what the person said. Um, and I put it out there and I said, when you get people sending you things like this, like, what are you guys doing? Like, what's the appropriate response? Are we not responding? We should all be doing the exact same thing. And, um, you know, it was all the ton of women like, yeah, you know, agreeing, this is crazy that this happened. And then it was shocking because all of these men 
are like, what's happening? Who's sending you what? what? Like we're shocked, like jaw drop shocked that on a regular basis, their female counterparts were receiving messages like this. And, um, you know, then of course they're getting upset too. Like, well, what are, what are we going to do about this? We have to do something. There's got to be some sort of liability and we should report these people and we should do this and that. And, um, trying to come up with some sort of solution. And the thing that frustrates me the most is like, I don't want to have, I've already had to do five extra steps to get to where I am <laughs> yeah. to get equal to you. Like, I don't want to now have to do five more steps just in case somebody, God forbid, sends me a dick pic or I'm, you can black that out or blank no, that out. I'm sorry. If that was inappropriate. But, um, yeah. Like I don't want to have to do extra stuff like just because I'm a woman and this is happening to me, but it was just shocking to see that like all these other professional males were like, what? Like they had no clue. And they still were like, I don't, what do you even do? Like, you know, when people are like, oh, you should put them in that place. I'm like, well, you can't engage. You can't right. engage with right. people. They're trolls. They're online trolls. You can't engage with them. You know, it's funny because, and by funny, I mean, sad, um, that <laughs> this is, um, something that's happened, uh, generally when it comes to the sexual harassment conversation. And I've had, um, some of my male colleagues, um, saying like, I didn't, you know, like, who are these men who do these things, who just like whip out their penis, <laughs> you know? And, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, well, here's the thing. They're not doing it in front of you, right? Like these right. are not exactly. things that are happening out in public. Some of them might, you know, some might be a little more flagrant. Some might, you know, some of their comments or some, some of their, um, inappropriate touching may mm. occur in public. Uh, right. And those are going to be men with enormous amounts of, of power usually. But the majority of the time, this is happening behind doors or in someone's office or, mm-hmm. you know, walking down out to your car at night. This isn't, this isn't people, you know, putting themselves on display for everyone to see. And um, it, has, it has shocked a lot of men that I know when they, a lot of, you know, like their sisters and um, and then people like me or, you know, other colleagues of theirs talk about these experiences that, um, we as women have, whether it's in the workplace mm-hmm. or just by living, <laughs> you know, like just yeah. walking down the street. Um, and, uh, I have mixed feelings on their shock. Um, yeah. I, you know, because there have been people talking about this forever. You know, we've been, the, the, the easiest example is with online dating. I mean, since online dating started, since place, you know, Tinder and all of that and text messaging with pictures, women have been talking about the fact that they've been getting unsolicited pictures, you know, since the mm. beginning uh, of yeah. that. And so men are aware um, and have been aware. and. I think sometimes it's their own, you know, on purpose naivete, right? Mm, yeah. Um, and then there are some who are like, I really just don't understand like forcing women to do X, Y, or Z. And I'm like, that's because you're a good dude and yeah. you're not, you know, seeking to exert power and to fill whatever black hole is in your soul that requires mm-hmm. you to do these things. And, um, but it is, yeah. I can I can see the shock at the very innocuous posts that, 
end up getting unsolicited comments, you know, about mm-hmm. like even just your, your logo, you know, that's when you and that's I, that's what was shocking me. Like, <laughs> how do they know? Like, I know, how do they know? It's just weird. Yeah. Um, have, what do you do, um, in terms of, um, mentoring, whether it, you know, on both sides of it, one for the, for yourself, do you still have mentors in your life who, um, are helping you, um, with your new endeavor and, and as you grow and things like that. And then on the back end, you know, what do you do by way of kind of like pulling other people up? Yeah. So I, I'll start with the, the latter. Um, we, I'm really open to having um, students or people that are interested in the field reach out to me. You know, I'll I'll have a phone conversation with them. I'll have an email conversation. Um, If they're local, you know, I love to have people come in and check out the place and, you know, do shadowing or observation hours. I, like I said, I honestly, I want everybody to be a PT. I'm shocked. (laughs) I'm shocked when people leave and they're not a PT and like, they don't apply to school. I'm like, what? Like, how did I not sell it? Um, but yeah, so I mean, all I, I don't think I've ever said no to anybody that has said, Hey, can I come talk to you? Or can I come check out the place? I want to see if PT is for me. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I have a lot of mentors. Um, I, I need to, um, because, you know, being a parent to three little kids, I'm already losing my mind. <laughs> and then, <laughs> um, opening a business was just like, Oh, like, let me just put you right over the edge. Um, so I, I do have a lot of mentors that I reach out to when I'm at my wits end or don't know what to do, or I'm just stressed or maybe, you know, I'm happy about something, but I, you know, don't want to post it on Facebook because, you know, I've my, you know, I don't want to annoy my friends that much. And like every little time something (laughs) happens, you know, Oh my God, I got this insurance contract. You know, nobody cares. Like I'm excited. And maybe my colleague might be excited. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's, um, a few, um, you know, and both men and women that I've uh, Mm -hmm. used as, um, kind of mentors in the field. Allie Shoes is a physical therapist that I've certainly talked at length to, and I've met a few times in, in person and she's awesome. And she's one of those, um, moms that I reached out to early on just to say, Hey, like, can I do this? And is this a good idea? Um, you know, I think this guy, Ben Fung, who's all about social media, um, he has really helped me in terms of like, this is, you know, streamlining kind of what I need to do and where I need to go with my social media stuff. And, um, this guy, Greg Todd that I'm working with this year, um, he's, you know, kind of mentoring me through this huge jump that we're about to take. Um, so yeah, I mean, I certainly have, um, a lot of people that thankfully, and, and, you know, it's, it's funny that you asked that too. And I did mention this earlier is I've never, you know, I'll be the squeaky wheel. Like I have no (laughs) shame in saying, Hey, I need some help here. That's never been a problem. I might not have all the answers, but I know who does, Mm -hmm. you know? So, um, and one of the things, and I, I tell students this all the time is, and if anybody's listening and they want to be a PT too, don't ever get discouraged if you reach out to someone and they don't get back to you, you know? not a big deal. Reach out to the next person. And that's why I said I, I emailed probably 10 people and maybe seven got back because um, that's typically what will happen. People are busy. Maybe they don't see it in their inbox. Maybe they don't have time for it, but somebody will, um, you know, so it's, it's okay to 
reach out to someone multiple times or reach out to multiple people, um, you know, and, and see who gets back to you. It won't be everyone, but I'll tell you, it's, you're going to get a lot more info doing that than, you know, doing nothing and being, you know, and wishing you did reach out to someone. So. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, and I think that's a good lesson really for anybody, (laughs) Um, you know, not just um, people who are thinking of becoming physical therapists. Um, I've, I've done it a lot in, in my career. Um, And in particular with the podcast, Um, I'm fortunate that I have people in my life who also recommend other people like your cousin, Ryan, who is, um, uh, an ex colleague of mine. Um, you know, he, he's the one who connected you and I, and I didn't ask him to do it. He just, you know, shot me an email and, um, and that's happened a few times. I know my boss, my boss is always saying, oh, you should contact this person as we're like walking (laughs) and I don't have, I don't have anywhere to write it. And so I immediately forget, but then he sends like an intro email or, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate, but a lot, you know, my first, um, my first guest was Sally Burgesson, uh, the CEO and founder of Wazelle. And that was a cold LinkedIn email. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. And, um, I've reached out to, uh, a lot of women that I don't personally know that, mm-hmm. um, and, and I think that that's important and, um, it's, it's a good exercise as well, because I think in so many of our industries and fields and, um, and as you're, you know, you've been talking today, it, it you know, you're proving it, um, with a lot of your stories that networking is so important and, um, and creating those genuine, um, connections are so important to not only your own personal and professional growth, but for the betterment of the industry. Absolutely. You know, they, that's that old adage, you know, stand on the shoulders of giants. Um, people, generally want to help other people. And if they don't move on, um, you know, I think we all want, you know, to have, you know, a successful career, right. We all want to help other people do that. Um, you know, like I said, for physical therapy, again, it's our career is helping people. So I think most physical therapists, you know, see the opportunity to help someone. So they're like, Oh yeah, definitely. I'll talk to you, you know? Um, so that for me was super helpful. Um, but like I said, not everybody I reached out to got back to me and not everybody I reached out to got back to me with something positive to say. Um, but I think I've certainly learned since opening my own practice that I, I, you need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable and, you know, um, Mm -hmm. and just not, not let it affect you. Right. Um, whether, you know, whether it's a super negative thing or a super positive thing, just, you know, you don't want to get too affected by either one of those. Right. Right. I have trouble with that sometimes. I mean, I'll be honest. I, I can have really, really high highs and really low lows and I'm affected by news. And that's something I, I work on. I'm better when I'm working out, oddly enough. Um, Not oddly enough. There's (laughs) science behind that. I knew you were going to yell at me, (laughs) Um, you know, and, uh, but it is something that I think we all grow into, right? We, we kind of, I can't say we all, but you grow into if you grow into it. Um, 
Yeah. You know, yourself. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, and I told you earlier, like I, I still get nervous. I don't like to talk in front of people. I have a podcast. That's so weird. Right. Um, <laughs> if, if, if more than two people are looking at me, I'm flushed red and like hives and the whole thing. Um, doesn't mean I'm, ne- it doesn't mean I'm never going to stand in front of people. No, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm just going to be awkward about it. That's fine. <laughs> I'm laughing because you, you post videos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> of yourself talking. <laughs> I do. And that's why I'm saying I, I've really learned to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, and it's funny because anybody that's had to hold the camera for the ones that I've done where it's not like super close to my face, <laughs> they understand. Like I can't like the first five takes are me like I start talking and then I just start swearing and I'm like, no, 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 redo it. I can't because I, I just get so embarrassed And the Facebook live thing for me, like literally if, if there was like an infrared camera, you like, I'm just sweating. Like I'm just sweating <laughs> because I get so nervous. It's the same as standing in front of people, but you know, it's good for the business and it's good for my profession and it's good for, you know, um, so many reasons. So I, I do it and I'm putting myself out there and, um, yeah, I love it. I I think it's so great. You, you know, recognizing that you may not be comfortable in that moment, but knowing the you know benefits outweigh that uncomfortableness is great. I think it's great for your own personal growth. Um, and it's, it's awesome for young women to be able to see and, you know, I'm going to mention something and it might make you blush, but it's great for them to see somebody who's also really comfortable enough in their own style. Um, and for people who haven't seen a picture of Kelly, um, she often has um, uh, different colored hair. Uh, I mean, so right now I think yeah. you've got purple, right? Yep. Yeah. It's like purple, blue and pink, actually. We get like a <laughs> trifecta happening. And and I think that's great because, you know, again, we um, sometimes we get caught up trying to be like everybody else. And for you to be able to just be fully yourself and 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 authentic is fantastic. Yeah. And it's funny because I have, you know, because <clears throat> I treat patients still and, you know, I'll have someone come in and, uh, you know, for example, I had this like nine year old daughter and 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 so she came in with the mom and the mom went, oh, no. She's going to want red hair now. This is all she's going to do. She's now she wants, she's going to want dyed hair. And I said, no, I I looked at the patient. I said, listen, I had to wait till I was 30 years old to dye my whole head color. I said, you can do that when you're a grown up too. (laughs) You know, like kind of put it that way because it's true. It's, it's, I'm at a point where I'm comfortable and, um, you know, I never wanted to, you know, Occasionally I would dye like a little part of my hair here and a little part of my hair there, but I didn't do it a lot. And I never did it to the point that it would be distracting because, um, I didn't want to offend anybody that I worked for and Mm -hmm. I didn't want this to be seen a certain way. And then kind of opening my own practice, I'm like, ah, I don't care because if somebody doesn't like it, then, you know, they can go somewhere else. And it's, you know, now I'm not affecting anybody else's, um, bottom line. It's my own bottom line. So I was kind of okay to go ahead and and dress the way I want to dress and look the way I want to look and, um, you know, be a nerd with purple hair and that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I think it's great. I mean, I love it. It, um, it's, I think it's fun. It, it obviously adds a little, um, pizzazz to 
what might otherwise be looked at as not a fun experience. Although from everything you've said, I would probably like your clinic much better than the ones I'd been to before. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's fun. And it's funny, um, you know, you had asked earlier, what's the difference between an athletic trainer and a physical therapist? And when I was at Bridgewater State for a little while, I was um, taking athletic training classes. And in doing that, your internship, you had to wear khakis and a polo shirt. And I finished my internship and I was like, I'm never wearing khakis and a polo shirt again. And that's why I always kind of make that connection. Because when people think of a PT, it's like, oh, yeah, khakis and a polo. I'm like, no, nope. Right. Not around here. Don't come at me with that outfit. I don't want to see it in the videos. Like, it's no. no. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um you, you know, have, you've talked about being a mom of three, you've got a very supportive husband. What, what do you do for you? Um, it, it has to be a, a lot of, uh, balancing, even though I kind of hate that word because, uh, balance, I don't think truly exists. Uh, yeah. yep. but you know, what do you do for you? You know, whether it's for your own self care <laughs> or just to kind of like get outside of the work and mom zone. Yeah, so that's um, an interesting question because, um, you know, being a new business right now, what do I do for me? I don't I, I go to the hairdressers every, you know, three months and get my hair done. I mean, that's pretty much <laughs> it. I, you know, we watch some TV at night, um, but it's been I think anybody that opens a new business, doesn't matter what the business is, you're immersed in it, like mm -hmm. truly immersed in it for a while. Um, so like my schedule, you know, get up with the kids because they get up early and then it's kids, 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 get them ready for wherever they're going. My parents, my in-laws, daycare. Um, and then I'm out the door and it's work, 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 pick up the kids, dinner, tubs, bedtime. <laughs> um, and then it's work again. Right. Because, yeah. you know, I try not to do too much when um, I'm with them. I do have to do some, but I try not to do too much. And then um, that leaves me like, you know, 8.30 at night and on to do additional work, um, program development, marketing or notes or whatever I have to do. Um, so, you know, we throw on a stupid episode or whatever the newest thing is we're watching right now. We're watching Ray Donovan. <laughs> <laughs> so we throw on Ray Donovan and then I'm sitting and I'm doing more work. But um, I love, like I said before, I love what I do. Yeah. So um, to me, it, it's, it's kind of like my my fun, my outlet. I think when I get a little bit more time, I've always been really active. So I, I do, you know, work out from time to time. I love to golf. So when it's warm and not, you know, five degrees out, like it is right now, I get out. So and miserable. <laughs> it's miserable. Um, but I golf. Um, yeah. I enjoy golfing. That's definitely one of my adult outlets. And then I also really like, um, sewing and like little arts and crafts sewing projects. So I've, I tinker with that as well. Um, you know, doing That's little crafts fun. for the kids or whatever. Yeah. So those are like sort of my, like, you know, my, physical outlet would be, I guess, you know, any sort of physical running or golf, um, which I do from time to time. And then, um, I do a little, my little creative outlet being the sewing. And then, I, I mean, I really love what I do, so I don't right. kind of get bored with it, but. No, that's great. Do you have any, you know, aside from what you just said, kind of how your day is, are there any things that you do in the evening or in the morning, like routines of yours or rituals? 
Oh my lord! I brush my teeth every day. Um, <laughs> this is important. No, no. Um, so I, I don't, and I need to um, definitely. But I was talking with someone. Um, maybe it was when we talked earlier. I, but I, I think it was when I was talking. So for my podcast, I um, have recently had on quite a few like mental health um, episodes, focused episodes, and I think it was when I was talking to one of the women um, there and just stating how, um, even one, um, breath that you take in and take out and you focus on that's meditation. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm trying to add a little more mindfulness to what I do. Um, you know, I've got a little mindfulness journal that every like six weeks I'm like, Oh yeah, I didn't write in that. So (laughs) it's supposed to be every day. It's like, you know, that little 500, but, um, so I do that. And then I just, um, I do, I am trying to bring in more mindfulness to myself and to my practice. We actually, um, uh, there's someone in, uh, I think it's uh, UMass or maybe it's in Worcester. Um, there's a mindfulness like, um, whole like clinic. And so I'm talking to her in January about bringing someone out to the clinic to talk to, um, the clinicians about kind of the healthcare side of things in terms of mindfulness and breathing and, um, meditation and all of that. So I'm super excited for that. Um, I definitely want to be better about it. Um, it's, it's a goal for me in 2018, you know, I write these like little, these are my work goals and these are my life goals. And this is definitely one of those goals that is tied in between the two of them is just, um, doing a little bit more with like mindfulness and meditation and, and things of that nature, just to, de-stress. That's great. Yeah. I have to be better about it too. It's funny. I have, I have had, excuse my voice. Um, I have had, uh, a subscription to Headspace, an annual subscription to Headspace for the last like year and a half. And the amount of times that I actually sit down and use it is, is not enough. So that's, that's one of the things that I, I want to start incorporating more probably in my mornings. Um, because, um, I think it might, it might help me just center for the rest of the day a little bit better. Yeah. Um, what, you know, we will be releasing this podcast, um, the first week in January. So, you know, what else, um, do you have on your goals or resolutions list that you are comfortable sharing? Of course. Yeah. So definitely, um, majority of them have to do with the business because the business directly affects my life. So, um, (laughs) looking to make this big move and add in these additional services so that we can really be seen as like a performance and wellness center, not only a physical therapy clinic. Um, and then I want to get it to the point that, um, I'm able to hire another full-time physical therapist so that I can cut back my hours a little bit. My oldest daughter is about to go to kindergarten next year. Um, so yeah, which is crazy. Like once they're in the school system, it it just flies. So I just want to have a little bit more time with them prior to opening my own practice. I had one day off a week, it was Fridays or Wednesdays. And, um, and that was my day with the kids and it was just me and the kids. And I want to be able to do that again. Um, and I want to be able to do that before they're all in school. So, um, that's a goal for 2018 for me is just to, to get a little bit of that part of my life, um, back. And in order to do that, I got to make the business more successful. Right. So, um, first get the business rolling and then 
able to open up my life a little bit that way. Um, you know, I have my own podcast as well. So that's part of one of my goals for 2018 is to, um, get the, you know, amount of listeners that we have, uh, increase that. Um, I re- recently reached out to, um, a Facebook page and I had put it on my Facebook page for the podcast that I was looking for guests. Cause like you, I was kind of tired of like, um, you know, I was constantly like asking people, are you interested? And they'd say yes, but not right now or yes, but I can't schedule for two months. And then I said, you know what? I, I want to see if people will reach out to me. So I put something out there and I've had over 50 responses. That's phenomenal. Um, yeah. Of like <clears throat> other either doctors or nutritionists or life coaches or what, whatever. Um, so I've been filtering through all of those, but that, I mean, I don't, I do one podcast a week, so that'll definitely get me through. Um, the year for sure. Um, so that was really cool. And that's definitely part of my goals for 2018 is just to be consistent with a podcast every week and to grow, continue to grow the podcast, um, which is meant to be a resource for my community. Right. So I think first of all, your, your goal with the family is phenomenal. I, I, I think that's so important. And, um, I really hope that that happens for you. Thank your, you. Your podcast one um is a good segue to you know talk more about the podcast. So it's called the Health and Fitness Connector Podcast. Yeah. Um your goal is actually quite similar to mine, which is being consistent since everyone listening knows that December was a lost month for me basically. <laughs> um and I'm still, you know, I thought my voice was doing better, but it, it sounds not so much. But um <laughs> you know, tell us about that podcast and, um, and the type of guests that you have on. Yeah. So the podcast developed because, um, you know, as a therapist, um, for the last nine years, I've watched a lot of people be discharged from therapy and they have all these great goals and they've been consistent with therapy showing up twice a week and we have goals for them. Let's transfer you and you'll go to a yoga studio and you can do yoga twice a week. And this is a perfect transition time for you. And then you'll stay healthy and you'll continue. And then three, four or five months later, they're back seeing me because they weren't able to follow up with yoga and they fell out of their program and they hurt themselves raking their yard or something again. And I'm like, Oh, what happened? And, um, people were just not feeling comfortable just making that transition and walking into a yoga studio and being like, I'm here, let me sign up. Um, so for me, it was like, I need to get these people exposed to these owners of these companies so that they can hear their story. They can feel comfortable with that owner. They can understand what's going to happen soup to nuts when they walk into an acupuncturist office so that they're not scared that someone's going to walk in and immediately start stabbing them with needles and (laughs) does it hurt and how does it happen? Um, So there was kind of like this need for it. So I said, you know what? I'm already losing my mind. I might as well do one more thing. Why not? Right. So, um, <laughs> and my sister's like, yeah, she's like, my chair. she's like, yeah, you should totally do that. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna. And then I'm like, why did I do this? Um, but so we're, <laughs> said, we're said every podcaster ever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we're creating, um, a resource for, yeah, I always say my community, but it, I, we have some, um, national and international listeners that have found the podcast helpful, even if they're not local and they can't go to the local massage therapist that I talked about, um, or talked with, because we talk about, um, you know, it's the health and fitness connector podcast. So we talk about how your health can improve with these different activities in fitness, um, whether it's diet or exercise or, um, a group class somewhere. So it's just been, um, 
the creation of like this resource for, okay, are you interested in Pilates? Listen to episode 32. We're going to talk about Pilates, uh, what it is, what you would do when you go there, where it started, where Pilates is going and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we also talk about kind of like hot topics in fitness that are happening. So we did an episode on an alkaline diet because obviously I'm up in the Boston area and we have the goat, Tom Brady, Uh. and he's all about, um, uh, yeah, I know. I don't know what you can't say, you know, but um, he, um, you know, he does an alkaline based diet, like the TB12 diet is alkaline based. Um, so we did an episode on what does that even mean? And, and what are the benefits or potential benefits to a diet like that? And then we have an upcoming episode that's going to be on, um, incontinence and Olympic weightlifting and CrossFit, because that's Hmm. an issue right now. Um, and it's on social media and, you know, and some people are like, oh yeah, no, that's totally normal when you're PRing and it's not, it's not normal. Um, so we're going to bring in some professionals to talk about, um, you know, if that's happening, you know, why it's happening and what you can do to fix it. It doesn't matter if you've had, you know, no babies or six babies. That's not normal to happen when you're running. (laughs) Yeah. So, and there's a big community that are like, yeah, no, that's fine. That means you did awesome. That means you did really good with that. You know, it's okay. And it's not, you know, and there are things that, you know, you shouldn't have to live like that. We can, we can help you. So we're doing an episode on that too. Cause that's one of like the hot topics that are out there, but that um, is crazy to me. (laughs) I've never heard of that being considered uh, a a healthy like a thing right yeah, you're like, like a badge of honor you're it's, like it's, I it's, obviously don't want to pee myself yeah yeah it's it's not a badge of honor it's we we can help you there it's don't worry about it um that's what I want to say to anybody listening that's like I that happens to me it's okay it happens to a lot of people um and there are a lot of professionals out there that um can help um, and it doesn't have to keep happening. So, um, the, the, yeah, the podcast is just meant to help, um, bring awareness to a lot of issues, bring awareness to, well, what is, you know, in the next couple of weeks, we're having one on CrossFit because a lot of people hear about it and they hear these like, Oh, I don't want to do that. That's crazy. That's scary. It's not crazy. And it's not scary. It's just, those are the stories that you hear. It's actually really like an awesome form of exercise. And I think, you know, I don't do CrossFit, but I, um, I'm really happy that it's out there because it got an entire population of people who are just competitive people back into exercising because every time you go there, it's, you know, it's a competition with yourself as well as others. And, um, it's gotten people really, really active that maybe wouldn't necessarily have been active. Um, so for that reason, like I love CrossFit. So we've got a CrossFit, you know, so I'm just trying to bring awareness, um, to all these different things that can help your wellness journey, whether you're a couch potato or you're a triathlete already. I'm hoping that the podcast um, has something for you. Where can people find the podcast? Uh, We are on iTunes and Podcast Addict. Um, And it's the Health and Fitness Connector podcast. So and then we also have a Facebook and an Instagram Instagram page, which is Health and Fitness Connector. And we do a little bit. I don't do as much with those two social media um, as I do with my um, physical therapy business. Um, But we do post when we have new episodes and what the episode is going to be on. So like it, follow it. If you see an episode that intrigues you, um, give it a listen. They're short. Um, Most of them are around 20 minutes to a half hour. Um, So they're they're perfect for like a commute, little commute 
Yeah, that's great. And uh, I'm guessing if anybody is listening and and thinks they may be, um, you know, a good fit, uh, they can reach out to you. Yes, I would love to. I mean, like I said, I had a bunch of people reach out to me, but I'm filtering through everything and people that have, you know, the hot topics are the most appropriate um, businesses right now. Um, you know, we kind of do things seasonally as well. So there are certain seasonal, uh, wellness and fitness things that we're not doing till the summer. Um, but totally, I mean, like I said before, I love when people reach out to me. So if you want to email me or, um, reach out on any of the social media streams, if you've got something that you do that you want to bring more attention to, absolutely reach out to me. If it's going to help my community, I'm, I'm for it. (laughs) Yeah. And I think, you know, um, having a resource like that is, is so good. Um, because I know a lot of people when it comes to some of these different health and and wellness topics or fads or trends or workouts, whatever it is, they're not really sure where to go to, to get more information or, you know, they go to try and get the information, but it's a little too high level for them. Um, so your podcast is great for that. And, Um, you know, definitely, uh, give a listen, everyone who is listening to this, um, as we wrap up, uh, is there anything else that you would like, um, I guess my listeners to do, um, do you have an ask for them or, um, do you want to share any of your other social media or other projects? Yeah. So, um, anyone that's listening, I would love to just say that, um, if physical therapy in general is always a good idea, if you're sore or if you're hurting somewhere, um, all we can do is help. We're not going to be, you know, hurting and making things worse. And I think, um, PTs in general are trying to have this little movement where, um, you know, you want to get physical therapy first, right? So you don't want to go you know, orthopedic, you don't want to get drugs. You don't want to start with an injection, start with the non-invasive cheapest form, which is physical therapy. See if we can help 99% of the time, we're going to be able to help. Um, we want people to see us as, um, you would uh, like a dentist, right? If your tooth hurts, you call your dentist, right? You don't call your primary care physician. So if your shoulder hurts because you were shoveling this God awful ice snow. <laughs> um, call your PT, right? Don't call your primary care. They don't care. Call us. We can fix it. We can make you better. Um, we want to be seen as kind of that primary resource for musculoskeletal issues. Um, and then if you, you know, are someone that's interested in physical therapy yourself and you're, you want to get into the, whether it's sports PT or not, start searching people on um, social media. And follow all the um, women that you see. (laughs) You can follow the guys too, but um, we have some cool stuff as well. Um, There's a lot, there are a lot of us out there um, that are pushing videos and posts and articles and blogs and um, it's all out there. You just got to go look for it. Great. Thank you so much for being on today. I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, it makes me kind of feel like I'm at home with your, your New England accent there. (laughs) 
said. I didn't even think of that. One more thing to be nervous about. No, um, no. thank you so much. <laughs> no. One more thing. Um, thank you so, so much for having me on. I really appreciate this. I know you typically have on um, the big wigs, but and I'm I'm not a big wig at this point. I'm on, I, I think I'm on my way there. I'd like to say that. You're absolutely um, on your you way know. there. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I appreciate you having me come on and especially um, letting me come and talk about um, physical therapy so much. Um, I appreciate that. So thank you. Thank you so much to Kelly for being on the podcast. I really enjoyed our conversation. There's so much that I learned, um, especially because I I don't know much about physical therapy other than the couple of not great experiences that I've had. And learning from anyone who is starting their own business or has started their own business is always great. Um, I hope you all will go check out um, her podcast, the Health and Fitness Connector podcast. and I will have links to everything um, in, in the show notes uh, on the podcast website. Please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review LTPF on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com. It would be a great New Year's present to me if at least 50 of you would rate. Um, there are over 10,000 of you listening and only seven people have rated. So if you guys wouldn't mind just doing that real quick, um, that would be phenomenal. It, it would give me, um, a little more amplification in the Apple podcasts, iTunes rotations, and maybe we can reach new listeners. As always, you can Follow us at LTPF Pod on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And email is ltpfpod at gmail.com. Again, send me your 2018 goals and let me know how I can help you reach those. I, I would love to hear it and I will read some of the ones that I get um, on the podcast next week. Finally, you can always reach out to me personally. Um, I am on Twitter at Bobby Sue, and you can email me uh, at, well, just email me at ltpfpod at gmail.com. Thank you all. I hope you had a great, safe, and happy New Year's Eve, and I'm so excited to start 2018 with y'all. Talk soon. I'm Jerry P. Tuck, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out RadioInfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com.